the corner at the 21st down. Breaks a tackle at the 25. Breaks another at the 30. And he's loose! Gets the carry. And he's loose inside the 50-40 to the 30-20-10. Touchdown! Hello, hello, let's go. It's your man, Flip Mozzie. Thank you for spending 15 minutes with me today. Thursday, the final day of the NFL preseason. All teams playing, including our Minnesota Vikings, traveling to Buffalo to play the Bills, if you can even call it that. The list of players sitting out is long. It's probably the best indication for what comes Friday. That's when Rick Spielman, Mike Zimmer, and crew will make the tough decisions on Friday, August 30th. That's roster cut day. So look at who's resting for indications. Sean Mannion or Kyle Sloter, Amir Abdullah or Mike Boone. What happens to Holton Hill? How do the specialists, Dan Bailey, Matt Wild, Corey Vedvik, how do those positions play out? Pay close attention to the offensive and defensive line depth, how the linebackers behind Anthony Barr and Eric Kendricks look. The preseason is just that, preseason, about the bottom of the roster, the guys trying to make the team. As league has matured, players come into training camp in shape. They hide the offensive and defensive schemes, and they prioritize health over live practice and game reps. So resting everyone should feel great. One thing we can definitely be optimistic about is the Vikings' health going into week one. Even Mike Hughes is off the pup list now. The games that count are coming fast, and today we're here to look at the key matchups our Purple will see during the first quarter of the season. So let's define the toughest matchups today, the Vikings players who must be ready for week one. Minnesota's first four games are against the Atlanta Falcons, Green Bay Packers, Oakland Raiders, and Chicago Bears. It's not the toughest slate. The Bears were the only team to post a winning record and positive point differential of that group. But those teams have changed over the offseason, and we're going to dig deeper than just the general conversations about wins and points. Regular season previews should be done based on the matchups. So here's four segments on four Vikings, two on offense, two on defense. These guys face tough assignments to start 2019. We start with the rookie from NC State, the new anchor of the Vikings offensive line, center Garrett Bradbury. Dan Quinn enters his fifth year as Falcons head coach. A defensive expert from Seattle, he's shifting Atlanta's front seven, less 4-3 base, more 3-4 to fit the talent, those edge rushers and backers, Vic Beasley and Deion Jones. But Grady, Jarrett, is the man in the middle who lets them bring more linebackers onto the field. Jarrett generated an 11% pressure rate that's similar to what former Vikings Sheldon Richardson posted last year. That's an average of three pressures per game. And Jarrett isn't the only talented defensive tackle. This is an incredible group. Bradbury draws Kenny Clark in Week 2. The Packer finish 8th, just behind Jarrett in pass rush production per pro football focus. 
Clark generated six pressures at TCO Bank Stadium last year. Our interior offensive line will get a break in Week 3, where Maurice Hurst is still developing for the Raiders. But it's right back to a tough defensive line in Week 4, when they travel to Chicago to try to block Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks. We all know the star Mack is. If we underrate Hicks, we're making a big mistake. He might actually be the best defensive tackle of the four. Hicks wrecks games as a run defender with the second best run stop percentage, 13.6% of 2018, and Akeem nabbed eight sacks last year. We're familiar with the problems Chicago's defensive front presents. Against the Bears in Week 17, Tom Compton and Mike Remmers allowed nine pressures, tacking on two penalties. In Week 11, Compton allowed five pressures. He only played half the freaking game. They weren't the only offensive lineman that struggled, but that's what led Minnesota to sign guard Josh Klein, draft Bradbury, move Pat Elfline over to guard. Those changes will be severely tested right away, especially Bradbury. To succeed in the first quarter of the year, he'll have to ace those line calls. He'll need to nail the double teams. He'll need to show the agility and leverage that got him drafted at 18 overall. And let's be honest, that's a very tall task for a rookie. Going up against Jarrett Clark in hits to start the season is a nightmare scenario. We should prepare for Garrett to struggle early, not due to his talent, but due to his matchups. We should prepare for interior pressure issues, same as we saw last year, to show up again in weeks 1 through 4. He should be better than Tom Compton, though, so cross your fingers, y'all. Don't expect elite offensive line effort. Hope they can be just a little bit better than 2018, and that Bradbury leads the way. The next Viking who must step up in the early season almost wasn't even here in 2019. Thank goodness he is. Kyle Rudolph got his four-year, $36 million extension done, cleared $4 million in cap space by doing so, and has to have a presence in the first quarter leg. Next to top playmakers Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, and Dalvin Cook, there just isn't much. The Vikings are counting on youth at wide receiver three with Chad Beebe, youth at tight end two with Irv Smith, but their development will take a little bit of time at least. Certainly, they can't be counted on early. So defenses are probably going to shift their focus to the top three. Double teams on Thielen or Diggs. Coverage linebackers on Cook. It's looking like Rudolph will see a lot of single coverage, mostly coming from the top of the defense, the opposing safeties. And again, they're a legit bunch. The Bears stand out, of course, with one of the best safeties in the league, Eddie Jackson, prancing and leading their squad. There's no one better than Jackson in coverage. That's where the man scored as many touchdowns as he allowed. A glamorous stat in front of a 55% completion percentage allowed, 8 pass breakups, 6 interceptions, and a 55 passer rating allowed. In that Week 11 game against Chicago, Rudolph got completely shut down, just drawing 4 targets, 2 catches, and 13 yards in a 5-point loss. He was terrible, and he's got to be better now that he's back. Jackson isn't the only guy. His running mate last year, Adrian Amos, is now in Green Bay. Amos also allowed three touchdowns, scored three touchdowns in 2018. 
He's not the coverage savant Jackson is, but he's a more active box safety, and we'll see how new Green Bay defensive coordinator Mike Pettin uses him in Week 2. Carl Joseph, Oakland's 2016 first-round pick, can play in the box too. He's been consistently developing for the black and silver, hobbled by an injury, but when he gained help, he posted his best year. And don't sleep on Atlanta. They've got a Pro Bowl safety in Keanu Neal, who missed almost all of 2018 from an ACL tear. And they've got DeMonte Kazee. Kazee took over when Neal and Ricardo Allen went down, made things look easy, nabbing seven interceptions. If these guys are put on Rudy, there will be a clash. They allowed 58% completion, 68 passer rating on average. But Kirk's stats when targeting Rudolph, 84% completion, 113.5 passer rating. Rudy needs to bring it to be Kirk's safety valve. Switching to the defense and back into the trenches, it's clear to see Linball Joseph has some serious competition early in 2019. We haven't seen or heard much from Limbaugh in the preseason, but if that changes in the first four games, it means he's playing very, very well. While center Bradbury faces a fierce set of interior defenders, our interior defender Joseph faces four stalwart centers to start the year. Joseph has the toughest matchups on the team. It starts when Atlanta comes to town. In the middle of their offensive line sits Alex Mack. Javon Alexander Mack, the 11-year veteran, six-time Pro Bowler, hasn't allowed a pressure since November. Then, when our Purple go to Lambeau, Corey Lindsley will be snapping to Aaron Rodgers. At 18 pressures allowed last year, he's actually the weakest link of the group. Back home in Week 3, Linval will go up against Rodney Hudson. Very underrated, allowed eight pressures in his last two seasons. And then Joseph finishes against Cody Whitehair. The Bears' second-round pick from 2016 didn't allow a single pressure when our Vikes played Chicago in Week 11 or Week 17. The four centers combined for a 2% pressure rate allowed on average and just two sacks allowed per season. Hudson and Whitehair didn't even give up a sack last year. Linval only sacked the quarterback once in 2018. He's not known as a pass rusher, but he still generated a 5% pressure rate compared to the 2% these guys allow. Now Joseph is still solid in the run game. The guy doesn't miss tackles. The pass rush will be a major concern in September. Not just Linval, of course, but the other defensive tackles. Shamar Steven, Jaleel Johnson, Jalen Holmes, and Hercules Mata'afa. The centers our Vikings face are built to expose the unproven interior pass rushers. Scheme-wise, they'll leave their guy man up inside, focus on helping against Everson Griffin or Daniil Hunter as needed. It'll be interesting to see how Zimmer and defensive line coach Andre Patterson counteract this. They could ask Linval to win his battle straight up. They could also ask Griffin or Hunter to slide inside or put Steven Weatherly in at defensive tackle on pass rushing downs. They could show a lot of the double A-gap look with the Bash brothers, Kendricks, and Barr early, or maybe Zim, who doesn't always like to blitz, he usually prefers to time them, but maybe he'll open up the floodgates to free up his big men on the inside. It's such a mismatch that Minnesota has to address it in the game plan. 
I'm excited to see how, because this area right here, a weak interior defensive line against several stud centers, this could break the Vikings early. Finally, we head over to Planet Zay. Xavier Rhodes, Minnesota's CB1, battled through a bad hamstring last year, a down season shown by a slight uptick in completion percentage allowed and passer rating. Is it injury or is Xavier over the hill? Personally, I have no concerns about a healthy Xavier Rhodes. And he'll prove me right or wrong quickly in 2019. As Zimmer's best cornerback, he'll be put on the island against primary receivers. Week 4, he'll go against Allen Robinson, who isn't anything special, but the three receiver ones to start the year make for some fun matchups. Julio Jones, then Devontae Adams, then Antonio Brown. All three had over 160 targets, 100 catches, 12 yards per reception last year. All three will be the main engines of their team's offenses, driving their team's success. And we're asking Xavier to close those roads. In 2018, Julio Jones posted his fifth straight season over 1,500 yards. That's right, the guy has averaged 100 yards per game for his last 80 games. Now, what's interesting is, that's not the receiver us Vikings fans have seen. In 2017, our Vikings went to Atlanta and held Julio to two catches on six targets. 24 yards for Jones in a 14-9 win for our Purple. In 2015, Jones hauled in five catches for 56 yards in a 20-10 win for Minnesota. The Falcons played the Vikings in 2014-2, Jones' best game against the Vikings, six catches, 88 yards, no touchdowns. Still below his career average and still a loss for Atlanta. Our guys beat him 41-28. So we've got a six-time NFC Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro who, in a small sample size, has always underwhelmed in Minnesota, has never scored a touchdown against the Vikings. Is Xavier up to the task again in week one? The same rings true for Devontae Adams. The Packers' two-time Pro Bowler crossed a 1,000-yard mark for the first time in 2018. Unlike the Falcons, where they started to surround Julio with secondary options, most the new Calvin Ridley, in Lambeau, it's just Devontae. That led to a huge spike in production for him, 50 more targets, 30 more catches, 500 more yards. But again, that production, when he goes up against Minnesota, it dips. Adams broke 80 receiving yards nine times in 2018, none in the two games against our Vikes. Held under 70 yards in September and November, so again, Xavier has to keep these clamps on. Finally, there's the all of a sudden severely underrated Antonio Brown. Distractions, foot frostbite, unsafe helmets, none of it's going to matter when Brown takes the field. He's the best NFL receiver of the last half decade. Pick any stat you want to prove it. 730 catches, 9,800 yards, 71 touchdowns over the last six years. The only thing holding Antonio Brown back could be his new quarterback, Derek Carr. Last time Xavier played his buddy Brown, he again closed some roads, held him to 62 yards on five catches. So that's the theme. Xavier will be going against premier wideouts in the first three games. He's had success limiting them in the past, but he's also coming off a really tough year. 
So what happens next? Rhodes is due for some tough sledding. And so are Garrett Bradbury, Kyle Rudolph, and Lynn Ball Joseph. We shouldn't expect these men to start off 2019 with a bang. Just survive. Survive and hope our Vikings can win elsewhere. Not the hype vibe I typically give you, but don't worry y'all. That's coming next episode on the flip side where we find the plus matchups for Minnesota and finish the season preview. Football is just around the corner. Till next time, y'all. Skull Vikes.